Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. All right, then. Hi. Hey, now. Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? Today's going to be an interesting day, Kat. Today is going to be good. Today, the federal government, that's Justin Trudeau and Jugmeet Singh, for those who don't know, are going to make an announcement. And it won't be a formal announcement. Today, it'll get leaked. And then tomorrow is the big day when we'll find out what Ottawa is going to do with the federal vaccine mandate. For those who don't know, those in the federal civil service must be fully vaccinated still, or they can be put on an unpaid leave for not getting vaccinated, for not following Justin Trudeau's demands. Well, that has to be reviewed every six months. Tomorrow, time's up. They have to tell us what they're going to do. So there's three options here. Justin can extend the mandate and continue to put people out of work who have not received two shots or he could drop the mandate like all the provinces have or he could double down and change the definition of fully vaccinated to require a booster dose as well what do you think jt is thinking right now because he's in an awkward spot all the science says Drop the mandate. The Mm -hmm. mandate doesn't work. The vaccines have already uh, gone out to as many people as are willing to take them. And at this point, you're just going to cause a lot more hardship if you try and require this any further. There's some people who might say, well, until everybody gets a booster, we're not going to get out of COVID. That's not what the science says, by the way. Or they could just extend it and leave it at two shots, but continue on with the mandate. What do you think he's going to do? Are people, first of all, before I answer this, I'll ask a question. Are people actually still out of work, like lingering and waiting for this moment to potentially go back to work? I don't know if they're going to go. at this point, have they moved on? Well, I mean, part of the thing with the the federal vax mandate is it even applies to people who are working from home. And that's another red flag. You know, people wonder, where did we go wrong? How did so many people get shots one and two, but almost nobody got shot three, like less than half? It's because of nonsensical rules like that. Nobody's a danger when they're working from home. They're not a danger to their coworkers. There was a testing option where they could have tested as opposed to just saying that they're vaccinated. There was a lot of different ways we could have done this. But Trudeau is really, really hellbent on getting as many shots into arms as possible. And maybe you like that. Maybe you don't. That's totally up to you. But that was his strategy. And he tried to... I'm going to use the word coercion because I can't see it any other way. I really don't see how anybody could call it anything but coercion. Told people, if you don't get the two shots, you're going to be put on an unpaid leave and you won't even be able to collect EI. Hmm. That's where he lost a lot of people. That's where people, and of course, he made it very political during the election campaign as well, as you probably remember from last summer. So if he takes away the mandate, he is likely going to feel like... He's got to admit the vaccines aren't doing what we were told they would do. And yes, at one point we were told they would stop transmission. That is not the case. Mm -hmm. Or he could say, hey, sorry, 
Fully vaccinated means three shots. You got to have three. I don't think it's going to happen that way. Okay, so to answer your question, I mean, I think that they'll he'll just leave it the way it is. Leave it at two shots. Yeah, just kick the can down the road for anything else that might happen. You know, like maybe he'll make another choice later, but I probably leave it. I uh, I hope he does just drop it. Like I said, the provinces have all dropped it, and there's a reason for that because even the provinces and the provincial chief medical officers of health can acknowledge that the vaccine doesn't do what they say it would do. Then you have Dr. Teresa Tam, the one who's supposed to be advising Justin Trudeau, who just two weeks ago said it's time to rethink all mandates because they just aren't working. And then uh, there's a lot of reasons that we should get rid of it. But to add in a third dose, which the, the COVID zero folks are really, really hoping for, they really want him to add a third shot to extend the misery, to further the divide amongst Canadians. They want him to include the booster. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people in the hospital, a lot of people in the hospital right now that have had their booster shot. I I really don't know how he could possibly do anything but drop the mandate. But this is Justin Trudeau. He's not a reasonable person. So we'll wait and see what comes down. But either way, you can expect this to be a lightning rod of controversy. Justin has been totally in lockstep with the COVID zero folks. He has been all along. He is a left-wing hero. That's what he wants. But Dr. Kieran Moore was at one point too. And as soon as Dr. Kieran Moore acknowledged that, yeah, we're going to drop the mandates because they're not having the desired effect, people turned on him. And I think Justin's looking at that thinking, shit, they're going to turn on me if I get rid of the mandates. I'm a hero to these people. I don't know if he's going to drop it. I I really don't. I think you might be on to something there, Kat. He will likely extend it with no science to back it up. Doesn't matter. Even the third shot, it's not really about how many shots you've had. It's about how long ago you had a shot, it seems anyway, because the efficacy dies down very quickly. So I don't know what he's going to do, but I have a feeling it's probably going to be something down the road, not require a booster, but he probably won't drop it altogether. Yesterday, Doug was asked a couple of questions. He was out at the GM plant. Uh, I I should announce that, actually, because I I guess this is good. You guys can decide if it's good. The federal and Ontario government are each putting 259 million tax dollars in the pocket of General Motors for their Oshawa plant and their Ingersoll plant. It's part of a $2 billion investment to boost production. And support the first electric vehicle production line. They want electric mm. vehicles made start to finish here in Canada. Okay. Well, that's that sounds good. Yeah. Ish. I mean, I, I would like to think it's a loan. And hey, if this car production thing goes really well, then give us back our money that we're giving you. Because, hey, we're going to give you all this money to upgrade your facilities. And, well, you guys keep threatening to leave here. So I'd, I'd like to think that there was some checks and balances in there. So we didn't just hand over half a billion tax dollars to General Motors, who's doing just fine. Thank you very much. But here we are. He got asked yesterday about the gas. There's a lot of people who have caught on to the fact that it doesn't really take three months for the industry to adjust its pricing. But he got asked about that yesterday at his news conference when he was at GM. Uh, Listen to the premier from yesterday. About your proposed reduction to gas tax. Yes. You had already announced um, a 10 cent reduction on gas tax, but decided to go lower for the last couple of years. Why now? Why is now the time to go back to that promise? And why will that be more affordable after six months for people to yeah, put money on the yeah, well, their car? Well, thank, thank you so much. Uh, we originally put 4.3 cents uh, per liter. 
We took that off now. We're fulfilling our, our promise at 10 cents a litre. It's 5.7 cents. And you know, the, the people of Ontario and across the country have just been getting gouged day in and day out. And they're, you know, they're finding a very tough time right now. You see the gas prices just skyrocketing, unprecedented prices. And it's about time that the government starts putting money back into the people's pocket instead of the government's pocket. Because in my opinion, the people can spend their money a lot wiser than governments. They can stimulate the economy and, and create the environment for, for jobs. On top of that, that's the exact reason why we're getting rid of the tolls of the 412 and 418. Uh, putting money back into people's pockets, getting rid of that sticker. The uh, first jurisdiction, I think, in North America that we aren't charging for the sticker, and 7.1 million people are going to get an average of over $300. Uh, again, they're going to put that in their pocket, they're going to go out, and they may do things that they might otherwise not be able to do, go out for dinner, maybe buy something. That's what stimulates the economy. <laughs> I never uh, do that. I never buy something. For com uh, communities and people to thrive and prosper. Uh, once again, and this is a great announcement today. I am just as pleased as uh, Punch because it's it's not just the <laughs> yeah. It's all the suppliers, seven to all one ratio, again. and the communities um, that that are going to benefit. This is an amazing uh, announcement today. Thank I'm you. using that. I'm using that. P pleased as Punch. I like it. He Fine. is. <laughs> this guy's like a goddamn cartoon it. sometimes. It's I hilarious. It. But you know, he is absolutely right. He's right about one thing in particular that he said in that address. He said, the people of Ontario have been getting gouged day in and day yeah. out. Now, where he stopped short was he made no mention of all of the other ways that were being gouged day in and day out by the government. When Doug said people can spend their money better than governments can spend the money, He's absolutely right. The mm -hmm. problem is he's done nothing for four years but take money out of our pockets. Doug, you're in charge of the taxes. You just let the tax on booze go up the other day. We are getting fucked here, and I don't understand <laughs> what you don't understand. There was a great article in the Toronto Sun yesterday that questioned, why will it take until July? to lower the gas tax by 5.7 cents. Keep in mind, this was a promise that Doug made more than four years ago. He's making it on the eve of an election, and it won't even kick in until after the election. Apparently, it's because the industry needs time to adjust. Uh, there's some people that prepaid for their fuel. Well, I don't know that I believe that necessarily, but even if they did, we can give a rebate, just like we're doing with the license plate sticker fees that already got paid out. When it comes to adjusting the actual price, get the fuck out of here. They raise the price or lower the price every 24 hours. It doesn't take three months to do it. Doug, you could do this with a stroke of a pen. You're fucking around and wasting everyone's time here. Cut the goddamn tax. You said you were going to cut it. Then cut it. Cut it now. You don't need to wait three months. What a stupid fucking I, thing to do. I just love the po like just the politics of it all when you when you answer a question. He does it so well, doesn't he? That Doug Ford, he, he does it so well the way that he answers a question because you know that that question could have been simply answered, but instead you want to make those sound bites. You want to make it seem like it was your idea to even bring that subject up instead of just saying, "Yeah, absolutely. This is what we're going to do." XYZ. It's a Hang on a second here. Let me tell you a story about these great residents of Ontario being gouged at the pump. Like, these are all things we already fucking know. 
But when you hear it back, right, doesn't it sound like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly like it's just it's the way it's a strategy, really. It's the way he does it. And Doug Ford is actually one of those people I'll give him credit for it, because if you don't listen to him often, like you listen to him often, right? You listen to every announcement, basically. Most of them. The average person doesn't. The average person will hear the sound bites and they'll go off of that. Perhaps they'll listen to the news. Maybe they'll catch a conference that they happen to be listening to like a news ish station. But otherwise, they're not listening to it. So when they hear those bits and pieces, and this is so strategic heading into an election, that's exactly what he'll do is not answer the question direct. He's going, well, I'll tell you the whole fucking story and how great this is going to be. And let me tell you how people are feeling. People are feeling low and people are feeling down to get the people listening going. Yes, yes. OK, give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Right. I, anyway, I just love the way he does that because it's, it's, it's very, very common, by the way. Apology. We all know that it's very, very common. Uh, but uh, it, it's just so obvious to me when it, when Doug does it. Yeah, I mean, he's really evolved as a politician. Part of his appeal at first was he was just a folksy little business guy who wanted to run the province and had some neat ideas. And, well, there was the bucket beer thing that didn't hurt. So, I mean, he ran and he was good. And, and then they just controlled him and shaped him into this slimy, shady whatever he is now. <laughs> he did get asked one more question about gas, a follow-up, if you will. Okay. Question for Premier Ford about the gas tax. Uh, why would this proposed reduction happen? Um, sorry, one second. Why is it taking effect after the election? Well, when I spoke to the finance department, they, they said it's very complicated moving through the logistics and everything. But the good news is, on July the 1st, on the busiest season that people travel all around Ontario, and I encourage everyone to. Uh, take advantage of the staycation uh, tax credit as well. Um, that's the busiest time. We're gonna give people a break uh, for a minimum of, of six months. Again, putting money back into people's pockets. It's absolutely critical. The people of Ontario, around the world, around Canada, have went through such tough times over the last two years. And uh, again, we see the gas prices just absolutely skyrocketing. And uh, it's just un- unfortunate. but. That's why we're investing billions of dollars into electric vehicles and why we're putting money back into the people's pockets. You created the two years. (laughs) You created the two years of hardship. You threw people out of work four times in two years. So, yes, people did have a hard time. It was you that did it. And did you hear how he blew it off? Yeah, I'm wondering why this is going to happen after the election. Well, you know, it's just complicated. But anyway, let me tell you more about this. Well, that's the, that's key, right? You know, like, lots of that. It's just such a shady thing. I, I'm. Uh, he's going to get reelected. Let's be perfectly I think so clear. Too. I think so too. He's going to get reelected, and he might even get a bigger majority than he has now. But let's be very, very clear about something. He's not earning it. He's coming off slimy. He's coming off shady. He's spending our money like there's no tomorrow. If he. If he's a conservative, I don't know what conservatism is because he's not doing anything that resembles a progressive conservative. I I do applaud him for doing it. And and I think it's funny that he's trying to say, well, we're doing it after the election because, you know, summer's the busy season and we want people to have a break. Did it occur to him that whether he does it July 1st or does it now, the break would still be in effect over the busiest season? Like, come on, Doug, you're you're trying to bullshit a bunch of bullshitters. People see right through this. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to go back to whatever dipshit in the finance department told you that lie that it'll take three months to change the price of the pump. 
Go back to them and say, not good enough. Fix this. And then you're going to come back out and say, oh, shit, turns out we can do it in three weeks. Great. Have it kick in Mother's Day weekend. Make it a month. How about that? Maybe May 2-4 if you really want to drag this out. But let's get on with it because you are quite right that we have been getting gouged. We've been getting screwed left, right, and center. And then use your power of negotiation skills and talk to your buddy Justin there and get him moving on the federal taxes. And if he won't move on the carbon tax, he could at least cut the excise tax or any number of the other taxes that we're paying. But either way, we need a break. We're paying way, 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 way too much. And what's happening now with delaying these announcements, these political games, we're just being treated like pawns. And it really is disgusting. I'd like somebody with just an ounce of integrity to run for office and and be principled and and be honest with people. And I really hope that that happens in our generation anyway. Yeah, that's the thing, right? I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, okay, let's switch gears here because there's, oh, the last thing I wanted to mention on Doug before we do that is he said it's a, um, what was it? <laughs> a manageable little spike, the COVID cases right now. That's just a manageable little spike and it's fine. He is right about that. I, I know that there's the, the Twitter doctors and the COVID zero folks and the people who, who got way too into the, the fear porn over the last couple of years. I know they're freaking out and they're being very, very, very vocal about it. But Doug's right. We don't have a problem. Uh, People will point to, well, the ICU numbers were up. Yesterday, they were at 168. Last Monday, 158. So there's 10 more people with COVID in the ICU. That's still roughly a quarter of the number of people that were in the ICU at this time last year. So the week-to-week thing, yeah, I get it. It seems like an uptick. Maybe it's a trend. But also compare the year over year numbers and year over year. We're doing very, very, very well. So when you hear all this doom and gloom about the sky is falling and fuck, the hospitals are going to get overrun. That's simply not true. Don't buy into that hysteria and that fear because right now, right now, everything is fine. Will it get worse? Probably. But the province expected that. We've got these antiviral pills that apparently you can get. By the way, what they're doing in Quebec is great. It's what they're doing in America. You just go to a pharmacy, and if you test positive, they'll give you the pills on the spot. Yeah. I wish we would do that with more drugs, to be honest with you. But question for you. I, I thought those pills were only meant for like detrimental situations, like in ICU patients. Am I wrong there? I thought that's the way we were going to treat them. So they were really... Or potential ICU. I shouldn't say ICU patients. I mean, before you get to the ICU. You know, like when you know that you have an uh, underlying health condition, for example, and holy shit, I just took a rapid test. I tested positive for COVID. Let's do a PCR. I have it. And this is my situation. Okay. You get the pill. You Isn't get, that not how it works? Well, you're supposed to get prioritized for the pill in that case. But, I mean, you don't have to go very far or search very long on the Internet to find tons of stories from people who have COVID. And they do have some underlying conditions or they do have a high-risk label on them that still can't get can't the get pills. It. Yeah, and, and I don't know if this is a procurement issue. I hate to go back down that road. But, I mean, mm. it's kind of like when we all wanted shots and there were no shots. Right. Yeah, maybe we just have a shortage of those antivirals. Apparently, there's a worldwide shortage of them because, well, everybody wants them. The thing with the pills is if you get it and you have any real risk of getting seriously ill, you have to take it within one to five days of the beginning of COVID. And if you don't, you might as well not take them at all, apparently. Right. Okay, fine. 
let's get the pills going then. If we've got them and that's what they're there for is to preserve ICU capacity and hospital capacity, we're in another wave. Hand them out now, keep those hospitalization numbers low, and when the nicer weather comes, then you can dial back the the need for the the antivirals. But right now is the time to use them. Get them out the door. And if it's easier to distribute them from pharmacists, I'm good with it. I think that's great. Hey, there's lots of things that pharmacists probably could be prescribing. Pharmacists know so much about drugs they do. that doctors don't know. Well, that's, I mean, that's exactly it, right? And that's what they do. They absolutely do. My pharmacist, I trust to tell me mostly about everything, whether it's over the counter or not. Uh, hey, what do you think about this? And they'll have an opinion every single time. They know their shit. So, yeah, I, I mean, I hear you. I don't know what the issue is either, and I don't know if they're going to be clear on that either. A new poll is it done? Uh, the count, not the council, the uh, cabinet, federal cabinet, has spent a lot of money, millions of dollars, polling Canadians about the elephant in the room. What the hell are we gonna do with Canada Post? So after spending millions on all of these polls, they they finally found one that actually <laughs> resonated with Canadians. They asked people, "Hey, listen, Canada Post is losing a shit ton of money. Three years ago." They lost was over $750 million. Canada Post, three years ago, lost three quarters of a billion dollars. Two years ago, $129 million. We don't have the 2021 numbers yet, but I think we can all see where this is going. (laughs) It's not going to be good. So with that in mind, and I'm assuming they don't want to raise the price of a stamp an excessive amount to try and make the company break even... And they don't want to fire any employees. As I understand it, if you work for Canada Post, you got a pretty sweet gig. Like, they take care of their employees. Yeah, yeah. So we got to do something to try and cut costs here. The proposal was, would you be okay with Canada Post cutting service from five days a week down to three days a week? Mm -hmm. And for the first time ever, the majority of Canadians said, yep, if it'll save money, cut it to three days a week. And we mean strictly delivery? I assume not necessarily the post, like the, the places. Yeah, it would be the post office would still operate as the post yeah. office does. It's just the fleet of carriers yeah. that go all across the nation from coast to coast to coast delivering your mail would only do it three times a week instead of five. Who's who's checking their mail? I mean, that said, I have a community box and I'll tell you, I don't think anybody, anybody checks it every single day. No. Who's checking it every single day anyway? I, I I I was one of the ones that really resented when they stopped delivering it to the house. I thought, well, here's my address. I don't know why you're taking it somewhere else. I live here. I didn't like it. I get that it realized some efficiencies, but if they still lost three quarters of a billion dollars in one year, clearly we've not gone far enough. And not lost on me is, while Canada Post is losing all that money delivering all the mail... We've got very, very profitable companies like FedEx oh, and Purolator. Yeah. The competition's insane. UPS out there delivering door to door every single day. Yeah, yeah. Also not lost on me is it's the mail. We don't really get a lot in the mail these days. Yeah. Other than the odd Christmas card or wedding invitation, it's pretty well just junk and bills. And your bills can come to you electronically. And yeah. a lot of people have adopted that. More people will. I think more people do every single day. It doesn't make sense that we generate in our homes every single day garbage and compost and recycling. And we're asked to hang on to that for a week. They'll only come once a week and take it. But five times a week, somebody else will come and bring you shit you don't want. All the shit. I can't stand a lot of that 
apparently if you cancel it, because I've, I've talked about this before, we've talked about it on the radio, and whether it's the community newspaper or the other junk that you get, maybe you're not interested in 15 different pizza flyers and five realtor flyers in your community box every single week, which is what I mainly get. Don't forget all those ads for the politicians. I don't need a notepad, Nancy Smith, with fucking Remax. I don't. I, 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 thanks, I guess. But apparently even when you ask to not receive those, you still get them. That's what I'm hearing. Um, even when you attempt to cancel it. Uh, that's all that I know people get. And you're, I mean, yeah, absolutely. You're right. I mean, it's it's such a waste. It's just so wasteful, a lot of that garbage. It really is. Like, unless it's a package or you're going to send me a check, I don't want it. And I think most people would agree with that. I, I, I just think that if we were going to spend, and that's essentially what we did when Canada Post lost three quarters of a billion dollars, if we were going to spend three quarters of a billion dollars, maybe we should have just given it to Purolator and said, you guys deliver this shit. You're yeah. already going all over the place anyway. Maybe stick uh, the mailman on the back of the recycling truck and, hey, we're going to stop at every house. You can go ahead and deliver the mail, too. Then we can take some of the Canada Post vehicles off the road, find some efficiencies there. There's got to be a way to do it. I don't even think we need mail three times a week, twice a week, once a week. Mail delivery. That would be just fine. Until, and if you do have something important, maybe it goes directly to, you know, Canada Post. And that's kind of the, the hit that we have to take is going there. Nobody wants to do that, though. And I get it because I've been there before. I wasn't here. I have to sign for this fucking thing. I got to go to the post office now and pick it up. OK, but it's old people. I think we, should, we can be clear and, and stereotype a little bit. It's got to be old people that are hanging on to the old school mail, the snail mail. I don't know a lot of young people that are real excited to check the mail because there's never anything in it that's relevant to them. So if that's the case, if it's really a fairly small group that wants to continue receiving the mail and spending all this taxpayer money on it, why don't we just make it a, a reverse delivery? You go pick it up. Hey, once a week, you can go down and check your community mailbox. Like and a P.O. box, basically? Almost, yeah. Or you know what? If you want to opt in and still receive mail delivery... Maybe you should pay for the delivery. Maybe it shouldn't cost to send something. It should cost to be on the delivery no, list. Oh, fuck that, because there's so much junk. Well, there's this is so the thing. much junk. I and would opt out. I can call all the people that uh, that send me bills monthly and say, just email it to me. And I'd be fine with it. Yeah, there's going to be th- there's going to be other things, though. And other- there's a lot of different reasons why people get collect mail. And there's a lot of different reasons why people will want that mail. Sure, not everybody's the same. I don't know if that's the solution, but I'm down for like twice a week. I'm down for twice a week. Speaking of the mail, where the hell are the rebate checks for the license plate stickers? Because I hear from people every single day that say, I know somebody that got theirs, but I didn't get mine. So what I've heard is they're going by birth date. And right now they're into about April, April, May. So there's still, and they did say it's going to take till the end of April. So if you have a birthday, I'm assuming, if you have a birthday between... Um, let's say June to December and you're waiting on a rebate check, you'll probably get it in the last half of, or maybe in the next couple of weeks, but in the last half of, I'm not expecting mine until, you know, mid-April or so because I'm Ju- I'm a June baby. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm go- hearing from everyone. And it's true when I go on the, because I'm, a, you know, I t- take part in all those groups online. Uh, a lot of them will say, hey, on January, I got mine right away. I got mine in, you know, early. I got mine in March. I'm born in January, February, March. So now they seem to be more into, you know, April, May, June, so apparently they're going by date. Maybe we should all have an online access with the government. I mean, with the CRA, when people were getting their CERB checks, it just went right into their account. I don't know why we can't do that with the provincial government. Well, I mean, we do. We do. I, for example, got money from the Ontario government and I got it direct deposited oh, right. as a parent of young children. So they do have the ability. This was just easier for them to cut checks 
for whatever reason and instead of ask a lot of people and maybe we go back to older citizens who's too hard for them to figure it out and, and put in their direct deposit info maybe that's why it could be any number of reasons and people need help with that kind of thing that's the truth so if you're going online to try to set up a direct deposit which you know a lot of people probably know how to do for every couple people that know how to do it there's going to be one person that needs help and where do they go for the help they contact service ontario yeah. they start heading into those service ontario locations the exact opposite of what the province wants right now you know this older generation is like a fucking i don't know anchor. if it's that they're, like they're holding us back i mean i don't know if it's that but i mean one would assume it's going to be harder for some people to figure out so it's just easier to cut checks okay let's go to a couple other things sorry i don't know if you could hear me take a swig of my coffee it was a little louder than <laughs> i intended good? good shit uh, um we've had this conversation before can you be pregnant with and, and truly not know you're pregnant. This one is bizarre. A woman claims she had no idea she was pregnant until she went for a bikini wax. Her name is Laura. She was in the middle of her first ever Brazilian wax when the beautician made this discovery. She says, how I found out I was pregnant was from getting a wax. I was super awkward. I was wearing a short skirt. So I was like, can I keep my skirt on and just pull it up and take my underwear off? So Laura was screaming in pain. Oh my God, the, I'm in agony here. And the beautician was like, I don't get it. I mean, this wax is not hot. Oh, wait a second. Wait, wait. Any chance you're pregnant, Laura? And Laura thought, no, there's no way I'm pregnant. Oh, wait a second. It's been a very long time since I've had a period. Yeah, I'm going to go take a pregnancy test. She was pregnant. (laughs) And it was the beautician that was giving her a Brazilian wax that pointed it out to her. Are girls more sensitive down there when they're pregnant? I I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah, I mean, probably. There's a lot of different... Every body is is different, right? Every body is different. Some people's breasts are extremely sensitive and that's how they know. Some people might be down there. Um, But... uh, that's interesting. The beautician would like know that automatically. You're not necessarily supposed to get a Brazilian, but it's fine. I, I'm sure everything was fine. So she ended up being pregnant. Did, does it say how far along she was? Quite a quite a while, actually. She she was like closer to delivering than she was to conception. Really? Yeah. And it was a Brazilian wax that pointed it out. The good news is she'll look fantastic for the doctors and nurses there when she gives go. birth. There you go. <laughs> Oh, maybe you can do it, by the way, because I have had had girlfriends of mine say that they tried to do it before. So maybe you can. Maybe you are. Maybe that is an OK thing. I'm not sure. All right. Well, congrats to her. Yesterday, a 71 year old woman in Oregon went on trial for allegedly murdering her husband four years ago. OK. All right. What's the catch here? <laughs> Back in 2011, Nancy was the author of. How to murder your husband. But get this. Even though Nancy, I'm going to go point by point here and give you some of the evidence. Even though she had recently opened up a life insurance policy on him. Even though she had ordered a gun online. And even though surveillance footage places her near the scene of the crime. The judge has ruled that the fact that Nancy once authored how to murder your husband is irrelevant. And the jury will never get to know that information that she authored a book like that. The gun that she ordered 
Well, that was just for prep, for research, for future writings about how to murder your husband. Sure. It wasn't because she was actually no, going to murder her husband. No, I mean, it's not called how to murder him and get away with it, you know? And, and <laughs> as the, uh, her lawyer points out, well, I mean, people open up life insurance policies all the time. Sometimes maybe it does happen close to when someone dies, and that's just circumstantial. The fact that she was in the area, yeah, she could have been anywhere. Yeah, that's circumstantial as well. Sure. So basically, it looks like she is guilty as sin, but she might just get away with it. She might just get away with it. Hang on, because I know, I know. Obviously, that sounds like she's done something. What if she actually hasn't? And it just so happened that she writes these kinds of, um, you know, whatever it is, short stories or novels and. Writers are strange like that. When they are into those kinds of things, they write about them a lot. And these happen to be a couple of many books. Maybe she wrote other ones that are nice and fluffy stories. But it just so happens that she had that unfortunate title. I mean... If she was close to the scene, if she did have a gun, those are all facts that the jury does get to know. They will get to know so, that she had a gun and she was near uh, yeah, the area. I mean, whether the, the books would have definitely helped <laughs> <laughs> the case um, on the other side, but uh, it could just be a coincidence, everybody. Nothing to see here. Incredible. Did- did your daughter do well at uh, daycare yesterday? It was her first day. She did, actually. She did. It's so weird, by the way, because um, where we go is where my oldest went as well. And so it used to be that when I picked her up, I wore a mask and still waited outside. Like, that's how it was very, very, they're very careful there. Masks outside, you wait for your kid and all the stuff that comes along with your kid every single day. And now I've got free range. I can go inside and go into the classroom to get her. It's it's kind of it's so surreal to me. Uh, but yeah, she did fantastic. Um, I checked in halfway through. I didn't want to be like too much of a you know helicopter first day of daycare parent, but I was also curious. And they were like, yeah, you wouldn't even know it was her first day. She had a blast. So it was good. It went really well. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, kids seem to get hurt a lot. They fall a lot. Every year we get the annual numbers on how, ki- how many kids were sent to the hospital for various different things. And frankly, when I saw this year's number, I was shocked. <laughs> we can now say the average child suffers 104 injuries a year. 104. Yeah, that's the most common is a skinned knee followed by a bruised knee, bump on the head, cut on the finger, skinned up arm or elbow, bruised arm, cut on the lip, minor scrapes and scratches, bee stings and sprains. Okay, okay, that's just over two injuries a week. That makes a lot of sense to me. Really? Absolutely. That seems shockingly high. No, 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 no. That's pretty average. So you deal with that many injuries in a week <laughs> well, in your it, house. It, Two kids, that's four injuries a like week. It's like hospital visits. I mean, injuries in general, they don't, they run. Why do they want to run? Like, they fucking run everywhere, man. They run like they want, it's like five feet away. Got to run there. No, you don't. You don't have to run there. And then they slip and then they fall. And sometimes there's tears and then there's bruise. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh. It's bizarre to me, 104 times a year. That's messed up. Uh, 
we're having that audio issue again. Jeez, that's bad. Uh, We're having an audio issue in the studio. So we'll cut this one a little short today, guys. That's okay. There's still lots more to talk about, and we certainly will when the announcement from the feds comes down about the mandates because it's going to please some and it's going to make others livid. It'll definitely be something that we cover. We've also got stories that we couldn't even fit into today's After 9. We didn't even get to talk about the woman who went on Reddit to ask for some advice because she has decided that for her wedding, she wants her fiance to wear one contact lens. And the reason she wants him to wear one contact lens is because he has a weird genetic, sorry, rare genetic condition where one eye is a different color from the other. He's got one blue eye and one brown eye. So cool. I love that. I think it's amazing. I've, I've seen cats and dogs like that, and I think that's amazing. It's really unique. She's fallen in love with him. She's fallen in love with the guy, but mm-hmm. still wants him to change. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? She says it'll be too distracting in the wedding photos. Yeah, come on. And, and it turned into a big fight, as I'm sure you can imagine. And, and she's wondering, am I an asshole? Yeah, you're an asshole. You're an asshole. Leave the guy alone. You're marrying him for him. And that's the Coles Notes on the conversation that we're going to have on that. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody, with another episode of After 9. Congratulations, Austin Matthews. Go ahead and break that record tonight. We'll see you right back here for another episode tomorrow. The media company BuzzFeed over the weekend shut down its news app. There were many reasons for the move, and number seven will shock you. Well, I read that thanks to the ongoing bird flu outbreak, the cost of eggs is surging in grocery stores across the country. You know things are bad when kids spend Easter dying egg beaters. <laughs> yeah, it turns out bird flu has been spreading quickly because some of the chickens have been using fake vaccine cards. No, dude. Yeah, get this. A, a man in Germany is in trouble after he got 90 COVID vaccine shots so that he could sell forged vaccine cards. 90 doses. That guy could eat fried bat for dinner and be fine. Apple is reportedly set to announce a new policy to deter thieves from trying to sell stolen iPhones. They're going to slap an Android sticker on it. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.